Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's the MLB season preview and also a preview of opening day. Who does this? We do. Diamond Diehards is on. Joe Rizzo here bringing you baseball for 2023. A lot with the dog, Jeff Healy, uh, as we do always and often. Uh, we are going to do something unique for you, our loyal fandom out there. Uh, and if you're smart enough to have tuned in at 8 o'clock Eastern time on a Wednesday night here, March 29th, 2023, then you're getting this live. If not, and you're getting it on demand, make sure you subscribe wherever you're watching or listening to this. If it's on YouTube, Facebook group, whatever. If it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, then uh, hit that subscribe or the follow button and share it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. So we're going to do this in a funky way. We're going to preview opening day game by game quickly. And then we're also going to preview the entire season in one shot. So who does this? I, nobody <laughs> does this dog. We, we do. Uh, follow the dog at Jeff Healy eight. That's the number eight on Twitter. And you can follow me, Joe Rizzo at diamond diehards on Twitter, especially. And uh, look for diamond diehards anywhere. You can go to diamonddiehards.com at diamond diehards on your, on your favorite social media. Uh, that's, that's where you can find us. And uh, dog, as we as we kick it off here for the 2023 season, segment number one, we're going to say is uh, brought to you by. Back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, segment number one, we're going to say is brought to you by Big Ed's Car Wash, Fairlawn, New Jersey. If you're in the Bergen or Passaic County areas and you need to clean your ride, then go to Big Ed's at 17 16. River Road in Fairlawn, New Jersey, 118 foot tunnel. Everything's clean and green. Big Ed's car wash. Tell them Diamond Diehards sent you. Uh, Doc, we got for the first time in our lifetime, and between us, we're over 100 years old. But for the first time in our lifetime, every major league team is scheduled to play on opening day. How sick is that? That is pretty sick. Hasn't happened since '68. That uh, yeah, that is that is funny because I was you know normally you get like the one or two preview uh, the day before and stuff. So uh, yeah, that actually is pretty cool. Yeah, well, remember no, like no jump start for the Reds or whatever, right? Red, yeah, Spears was Reds or one with Detroit. Yeah, or it's some combination, but usually the yeah. Reds would be like the first one. And then to remember there were those years where like the Mets played the Cubs in Japan like a week early, and then they did some of those. Japan games yeah. or Australia games that, that actually counted. And, uh, you know, those would be like a week or two early. And then those teams would come back. They'd have like a full week off. Like it was just kind of weird. They were sort yeah. of giving up those games to play, uh, you know, uh, like regular season, actual games. And then they come back and they were doing spring training again, but, uh, yeah, it kicks off 
105 Eastern time. The National League opener is the Nationals hosting the Braves. And the American League opener, sort of technically, is the Yankees versus the San Francisco Giants. Um, so it, the first actual American League versus American League game is at 210. The Red Sox host the Orioles. So there you, you know, by... By 2.10 p.m. Eastern, you'll have uh, three from the National and three from the American League having gotten underway. Then at 2.20 Eastern, it's the Cubs hosting the Brewers. 3.10, the Rays hosting the Tigers. The Phillies begin defense of their National League crown at 4.05 in Texas against uh, against Jacob deGrom and the Rangers. That's, that's Nola versus deGrom, a matchup that we've seen a whole bunch of times uh, over the years here. Reds don't start till 410 Eastern, dog. They host the Pirates. Uh, and, of course, the Padres are hosting the Rockies, which is like every time we do. <laughs> from the beginning, like the Padres. If you're a fan from the beginning, you, the shows. <laughs> you know what the Padres-Rockies uh, matchup means to us. They seem to just be playing each other all the time. Whenever we were doing a show, uh, also at 410 Blue Jays at the Cardinals. So you get these funky uh, American League, National League matchups that you're going to see every day during the entire season. Um, the 410 block continues. The, there are five games at that time. The Twins are in Kansas City against the Royals and the Mets against the Marlins at uh, 410. Scherzer versus Alcantara, a whole shit ton of Cy Young Award uh, uh, names or whatever, you know, but winners, repeat winners there uh, between those two guys. Then you're into the evening slate. The White Sox at the Astros, that's the only game at seven in like the seven o'clock. It's the only game from 410 Eastern till 1007 Eastern. The White Sox Astro game. So everybody else is is during the day. Uh, the Astros have that that slot all to themselves against the the White Sox. Framber Valdez against Dylan Cease. 1007 Eastern Angels with Trout and Otani coming off their great battle in the World Baseball Classic where they were playing in front of packed houses and intense crowds. They go to Oakland and uh, they'll play in front of 600 people. Uh, <laughs> all, all Angels fans. <laughs> yeah, all Angels fans traveling up. Uh, the Diamondbacks against the Dodgers in Chavez Ravine at 10-10. And then also at 10-10, the Guardians against the Mariners. That is your opening day slate, dog. Very interesting the way that they uh, that they that they pieced it together there. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I'm not, I got admit, I'm not, I'm not sort of a fan of the, the interleague, like kicking off the, uh, kicking off the regular season. But I guess, like I said, it's just kind of the way the schedule is going to have to go. Kind of balanced out. Uh, I think it is kind of cool having the uh, the day games. You know, it's something we sort of talked about in the past. You know, getting more chance for the kids and stuff. Um, of course, everyone's in school, so I don't know what the point is on uh, Thursday. But still, it's uh, it's good to kind of get that. And, you know, get a little get a little talk, a little juice. That we, we can kind of talk about tomorrow night. Um, and then you know, just a couple of uh, just a couple of night games. So uh, not uh, not too bad. Uh, yeah, a lot of not... good pitch, a lot of good pitching, right? So pitching normally starts out strong, so you get the all the uh, the top starters going. So normally, uh, we'll we'll kind of see, and we'll see if there's any uh, impact from the WBC. There's some guys who are hot in WBC play and stuff that kind of comes in and and rolls forward, or uh, or uh, has no real impact. It has to. 
It has to. There's buzz that's still around and abound about it. Yeah, and it should be, should be the advantage for the hitters, right? Most of the top pitchers did not pitch. Uh, and no other pitchers are way ahead. So it'd be kind of interesting to see if, you know, maybe at least for that subset of players that are out there, if there's a little bit more balance than you would normally see on an opening day. Um, so we kick it off. Braves Nationals, Max Fried against Patrick Corbin. Is that the only lefty versus lefty battle? Uh, no. Uh, Rodriguez against McClanahan Tigers raised. That's another lefty lefty. Uh, let's see. Do we have just two? Right, 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 right. Yeah, lefty. Snell, but he's against the righty. Yeah, that's it. So righty. two, two, two lefty lefties, two lefty lefties. Um, at the Giants have Logan Webb against Garrett Cole. Um, like the mad dog bowl yeah the giants the giants well when the giants play the yankees it's like people forget that it the 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 polo grounds was walking distance from where yankee stadium is that could, the great overhead shots i've seen them too on either side of uh your side of the harlem river yeah right nearby over by where my old armory was macomb's damn bridge right there that's, that's the right. actual name of the bridge we're not just using the, the damn right bridge macomb's damn um, Gibson against Kluber for the Orioles and the Red Sox. So Corey Kluber, his Red Sox debut, he's now basically just played for the entire uh, day, at least, except <laughs> for the except for the Orioles. Uh, Corbin Burns, right? Like the guy who's down on being a brewer because of the uh, arbitration hearing and stuff. Um, I have a feeling he's going to put that behind him as soon as he takes the ball against Marcus Stroman. The Cubs have never won a home game in March. So we'll see if Marcus Stroman can be the first uh, to lead the Cubs to doing that. A, a team that you and I both like this year uh, to improve. Rodriguez against McClanahan. We talked about that. Tigers raised. Uh, we talked about Phillies Rangers. Nola against DeGrom. Um, Keller for the Pirates against uh, the Prized youngster Hunter Green, who gets the opening day start for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Marquez against Blake Snell for Rockies and the Padres. Alex, sorry, great, sorry, great. Actually, you got like the Pirates and the Reds, like they can both say we're in first place. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't always or, get that chance. <laughs> or, or one could be in last place for the entire season. It would be something if one of them, the winner of that game, ended up in first place, though. That would no, really be something. That would be cool. I'd like to see that. Um, boy, yeah, that would piss off a lot of people. <laughs> there would be a lot of losing bets. Um, Alec Manoa, the uh, electric young bulldog from the Blue Jays against Miles Mikolas in, uh, in St. Louis. Uh, Lopez gets the start, the new acquisition for the twins, Pablo Lopez against the forever young Zach Greinke. Yeah. Zach Greinke. Just... I'll, be, I'll be honest. I actually thought he was out. <laughs> I looked down like, oh my God, Greinke's still going. Well, he, yeah, he decided like that. He was just, he was going to go for another year. I think he's like a yeah. year by year guy to this, to this point. And you know yeah. what, if you can make the money, why not keep going? And, and listen, yeah. with that division, the way it is, who knows what the Royals are going to do. They, they got yeah. a lot of young guys that could all come together. They need a, they, there's, there's a lot of ifs, but they, you know, it's baseball, right? So it could happen. 
Uh, Mets and Marlins, we talked about that. Scherzer versus Alcantara. That's the pitching matchup of the day, right, dog? Yeah, that's, that's going to be a great day. Going to be a great one. Marlins, just a ton of good development with, uh, with the young pitchers and stuff. So they, uh, they always, And they always play the Mets tough. So we'll, uh, so we'll see. It's a, a good test uh, right out of the gate. Scherzer yeah. looks pretty set, though. He looks, yeah. he, looks, he looks ready to rock and roll. Boy, actually, the later games have all the really best pitching matchups, I feel like. I mean, Webb against Cole is is, is pretty good, too. But uh, Dylan Cease against Framber Valdez, that's a really good one. I mean, like, both of those guys could win the Cy Young, same as that Met Marlin game. And then uh, Otani gets the start for the Angels against Muller. Don't ask me his first name. <laughs> uh, Kyle Muller. Kyle Muller. Correct. Kirk, Kirk, <laughs> Kirk Muller, lefty Kyle Muller. Um, yeah, he's got to start. Zach Gallen against Julio Urias is a pretty nice matchup as well. Um, Gallen was just unfreaking real in the second half last year, and Urias was just great from day one. Like I, Chunk, he was yeah. the real key to the Dodgers winning so many games last year. I, I believe, like he was just he just set everybody up all the time with, with his, uh, like he just never seemed to have a bad outing. It was like the same outing every time. And, um, uh, Shane Bieber against Luis Castillo. Like that's, that's, you know, another, another great matchup right there. So there's, uh, I mean, you figure on, on opening day, everybody's throwing their ACE, but like the matchup of aces, as you could see when the angels play the A's is not, uh, is not is not always equal, and even things like you know Manoa versus Mikolas is not doesn't quite have the flair of uh, Scherzer versus Alcantara or Cease versus Valdez. So that's that's sort of the point there, I'd say. Um, how many of the teams do you think have a chance based on day one to be in first place for 162 games? Oh, that's a different one. Yeah. Uh, well, we got to be different. Wing, you know, we don't do it the way everybody else does. So, you know, we got. I mean, a wing to wing. Um, let's see. Uh, the Yankees probably have a chance. I could see that. That them kind of them kind of run away with it. Uh, the fine FL. Someone did a post on like, "What's the movie? One thing surprise you?" And I'm like, I was. I felt like posting like Yankees not making the playoffs. Because all the freaking starting pitchers getting hurt, but uh, you know they certainly have the talent to uh, to go wing to wing. Um, I think that's tough to see for the NL East. So a lot of good teams, but I think they're going to kind of battle each other. So I think that's a little tougher to kind of see on that. Um, Dodgers, I think would probably be my my pick for sort of most likely to be wing to wing. Um, going with them. Uh, really, even with the Padres just, in that division, yeah, I think so. They're just, they're just so. They don't. I don't know. Like I, we. Well, I, I guess we got to. Yeah. We got to talk about the Dodgers. I think. I think we got to talk about the Dodgers. Don. <laughs> just lost a little too much. I, don't know. I mean, pod, pods are definitely coming on. That's fair, but uh, I don't know. I think the Dodgers are still too strong. Um, let's see. Anybody else in there? Uh, I don't know about the Astros. I don't think the Astros would be one. I can't see them coming down a, a little peg on there. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the other 
the other guys here. Uh, I don't know. I think this butt in. I think it's actually a pretty. I think it's a pretty even Stephen sort of year. I uh, I don't know if there's going to be that many. And it, I think the ones that are best are actually kind of mostly locked in the east again. So I think those guys will tend to kind of neutral neutralize each other. And there's going to be not that many with sort of you know top team and weak division. I think. What say but- you, Riz? But the thing is, like, you got to look at the opening day slate and be like, well, I think they could, I think they're going to run away with the division, but are they going to win on opening day and win the division and be in for <laughs> That's why the Astros are tough because, like, they, they have a tough first game and they don't have Altuve until June. So you kind of figure that, like, they're still going to be the favorite as long as they're, they're, they're playing okay. But, uh, I, I gotta I gotta say if you if you're if you're rolling the dice and you know I'm I'm That's gambling I'm a gambling man by nature. <laughs> you gotta say the Angels have a shot. Because ah, they ah. start out with the A's, they have the most overlapped pitching matchup. You have Otani who's already in like like, you know, Otani's coming out and whatever his pitch count is, he's thrown that many scoreless innings or, you know, he's not allowed more than a run in five innings or whatever, right? Whatever, whatever he can get. So they got a great chance of winning on opening day. They're probably going to be one of the biggest favorites as a result. Then you have the Astros who are missing Altuve for a couple of months. So that gives the Angels maybe a chance to get off to a fast start. We talked to our, our pal Ray Montgomery, the Angels bench coach, and go back and check out that episode where we talked about the potential for the for the slingshot, where the Angels, you know, go from a team that you're like, wow, they they have some talent, they haven't been able to put it together, they haven't had the pitching, whatever, but like when it comes together, it's going to be boom, right? And you kind of like they're the team that that people are looking at because you had the whole trout Otani thing going on. Right. And like Otani is now, I guess he's now singing for a supper, which is a really scary thought. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. This guy's going to put up this guys and, already like ridiculous MVP. And oh, now he's playing for, I don't know, equity stake in the team. I don't know if it's even a contract. <laughs> he's uh, I, I think first, he's going to first five, first $500 million guy. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, maybe Soto is going to beat him there, but he'll exceed whatever Soto gets. I would think so. But well, no, I mean, I came on here. I told you in last season, in the beginning of last season or whatever it was that he's, he's the first $50 million a year guy. Now, you know, I, I mean, back then you were like, wow, guys are, you know, like who's even getting 40, right? Like guys, a few guys were getting 40 and they were pitchers and, you know, I was willing to Short go over deals, 50. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like Juan Soto is not like, I'm not like He's a great hitter, but you can't pay him fifty million dollars a year. Like he's not worth that. Um, I mean, even to like anybody. Like I don't, I don't know that he's worth that to like anybody because he doesn't. You know, like as great of a, as a great of a bat as he is, like he he's not a good fielder at this point in his career, and I don't think it's likely to get too much better there. So he doesn't round it out like. Otani doesn't have to be a great fielder because he has the pitching and he's not as good of a hitter as, as Soto, but he's way more valuable, especially in a playoff series. 
So you put you put Otani on a successful team or a team that makes the playoffs, you know, i.e. a team that makes the playoffs every year, huge advantage. It's an extra player that you have that Who could you be you're, talking about? You are you're, you're <laughs> playing with one more player than the other team is 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 playing with. Yeah. You, like you literally have an extra guy to put there because you don't have to carry either another starting pitcher or another bat. He's both. So you have an extra guy to beat somebody with. Um it's a pretty good advantage. Yeah. Um, and we'll see where he ends up. I mean, I, I there's so much speculation that, you know, people in the know are like, yeah, I can, just can't see him staying with the Angels or re-signing with them. And if they're out of it by midseason, what are they going to do? Like, they'd have to trade him or whatever. But, like, do you want to be the guy who traded Otani? Like, you, you'll, you'll never live it down in that place. I mean, there's so many different ways to look at it. Um, yeah. It's not as big of a deal anymore with with the the free agency is so much more dominant and stuff that like that's more understandable if you're going to trade a guy like that knowing that you're not going to resign him right so then it's not the it's not the death knell I would say that it would have been in the past. It's it's not. But it still sucks. It's still it's, you're still you're still basically writing off your franchise value for I don't know <laughs> a while. For how long? Partic- particularly in LA, right? I mean, you're well, the problem is you seed, you're seeding the city. You might as well you, you might as well move. <laughs> you got to do that. Just so, so the the you know the 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 people who surmise it are like, well, he had a chance to go to the Yankees and he didn't do that because he wanted to stay on the West Coast, and then he didn't go to the Dodgers and he didn't go to any other of uh, any of the other teams. He went to the Angels, so he chose them. So, what would make you think? That all of a sudden he doesn't want to still stay with the Angels as they almost certainly are going to get better and continue to get better. And he's got Trout there. And Trout is not, you know, gonna be even even if Trout slows down, he's still like it, 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 he's still the player on that team for you know a long time still. He's still a top five hitter in the league for five more years, like no problem, I think. So well, yeah, I mean he's he's now he's now more acclimated to the U.S. game. Um, coming in initially in a slightly less stressful position, slightly less stressful team to be a part of. Um, better prepared to play for anybody, including high pressure uh, teams. It would be my my uh, counter. And what is he playing for? I mean, is he playing for the gigantic bucks? He could probably get very good bucks from uh, from the Angels. Um, if he's playing for a championship, if he hasn't won it with him and Trout now, are him and Trout going to be better in two years? I don't know, right? Um, in which case, you know, if you like you like your situation, enjoy whatever. That's fine. But if you want to go and win a championship and maximize your bucks. Where you are is probably not the best chance. I mean, he's making with endorsements and everything $65 million this year. What would he make on endorsements in New York? $130 million. He'll be making 60 from Uncle Steve before he has to do an ad. That's just putting his arm around Mr. Met. <laughs> well, to be fair, this is going to sound like Yankee dictum. But uh, not D I C T U M D I C K. That that far. Um, it 
he's going to make more in endorsements if he's a Yankee than he than he is a Met. I think. It's yeah, a more globally true. recognized brand, but it's but at that point, it's like you know, yeah. they're both be astronomical, right? I mean, whatever. Yeah, it's it's, it's being right. Yes, it's it's crazy, right? Um, so what's he gonna make? I, you know, it depends. Like if he's if he's about the winning, if he's if he's about the dollars, if it like it, it does yeah. he want to be you know a, a closer flight to get back and forth to Japan? Like, so here's the thing, right? The extra pundits, 10 million, extra ten million you, you can get a faster plane. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. He's unretired the Concorde. Um, so here's the thing, dog. I, I haven't heard anybody come up with this one yet. Okay. So again, we'll, we'll, this will be like one of these, like we're seeing the future episodes here. So my first instinct is that it's going to be really hard for him to leave the angels because they'll probably just end up giving him everything he wants and he's happy there. And, and, you know, I, I'm sure that he really digs orange County. You know, if he wants to do L.A., he could go do L.A. If he wants to go do San Diego, he could do San Diego. If he wants to go back to Japan, you know, here and there, he could do it. But if he does leave, it kind of makes sense to me. Everybody's like, well, he's going to go to the Dodgers. Like, he's going to end up in the, with the Dodgers and blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing, though. I think as an angel... And a guy who's been so embedded into the into the angel culture, and now basically, I mean, like, imagine having the best player in the league in Trout, and then like a generational player, and then this other guy comes along who's like stealing all the headlines. It's insane when you think about it, right? Yep. So I think there's something to that, and I think that in the end, if he does leave, that would that would keep him from going to the Dodgers unless they just happen to make the offer that he couldn't refuse. That was just too much. Like they went too over the top and they could, because they've let a lot of these guys go. Um, but then people are like, well, what about Seattle? You know? And it doesn't really make sense as much when you look at it with the way their team is and the way they've, they've built it. I mean, like, you could say it makes sense for him to go to any team, right? But you could also kind of say, well, look where the Mariners are at. And it's probably less likely that they would go completely apeshit, like trying to get them. And then you say the Yankees and then you say the Mets and wherever, right? Like maybe the Cubs, something like that. But the team that nobody really is talking about is the Giants, the Giants actually could be the one because then he's he switches from the American League to the National League, but he's no longer, but he's not in in the Dodger Angel mix. Yeah. Still on the West Coast. They have the money and they've been dying to to pay somebody, right? They True. went after Judge. They went after Carlos Correa. They signed Carlos Correa to an overpriced deal. Right. So mm -hmm. to me and and the Padres have already made so many of these deals that like at some point they got to just close the coffers, right? Theoretically, you know, they could either do it again for Juan Soto or trade away Juan Soto. They're not paying Juan Soto what they're paying like Xander Bogarts and and Manny Machado and these other guys, uh, Fernando Tatis. They're not 
you know, they already they already have three. And if they're going to add a fourth, it would probably be Soto to that mix. So probably not the Padres, right? We know it's not going to be the A's. So, but the Giants check all of those boxes and he doesn't have the rivalry thing going on. So my first guess and my first instinct is that he stays with Anaheim and that if he does leave, I say he ends up in San Francisco. That's my call out. Okay. I mean, it's the, 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 I mean, to me, the counter is again, sort of like what's, what's his driver. So if it's, I just want to stay on the West coast. I'm comfortable there. Okay. Check that block. Um, ridiculous bucks. Let's just assume that's going to get checked at whichever one he goes for and team that can afford it. Probably. Right. Um, the down on that one is, does he win with it? And like, and this is that like, why go to the Giants and be the also ran versus just staying with the Angels who you're comfortable with, with the best player who you're now tied with like forever after that at bat, right? Um, the, you know, the down, it, it was interesting when you were kind of talking about that. Like the, the thing is that when he walks in, I mean, to almost any situation, like if the team doesn't win, it's his fault. Right. Whereas like it, with the Angels and you have Trout there. Right. And there's a couple other spots, I guess you could kind of argue like where you have like a, a super, you know, super premium player. So it's not just him at the very, very top of it. But you now clearly for the Giants, he would be. And, you know, is that putting too much pressure on you? Like that was sort of the interesting one. Like, you want know, Trout now, him and Judge. Right. So you know, generational talents and stuff like that around it. Um, if he goes to another team that doesn't have that, A, does he win? And B, does he set himself up to just be like dogged out when they don't when they don't achieve after he's half the payroll and they get five more wins? Dog, this segment brought to you by the Mescolo Group, serving all of your real estate needs in the Northern and Pascac Valley and all of Northern New Jersey. Of course, because we're talking about real estate, Otani, where's he going to end up uh, when he does that? You know, if he ends up in uh, in Yankee pinstripes or Mets orange and blue and he decides to pick up a residence in North Jersey, uh, for sure, he'll be using the Mescolo Group. So uh it's the unofficial realtor of Shohei Otani. Uh, call <laughs> 201-615-3665 or go to GaryMascolo.com for more information. If you're looking to get into uh, the Bergen County area here or anywhere in North Jersey, or if you're looking to get out, or if you're looking to rent, you're looking to be a renter, whatever it is, uh, Mascolo Group, the way to go. And as we do with all of our advertisers, if you go to the description of this episode, you can get the information that we're that we're talking about. You don't have to sit there and hit pause or anything and and go back. You can do that if you want, but all the phone numbers, all the links and everything are always in there for every episode. So check out the Mascolo group for your real estate needs. You will not be disappointed with Michelle and Gary. All right, dog. We started we we sort of uh without a rundown not the fancy rundown that we did for the Mike Puma show here, uh, which if you haven't checked it out and you're a Met fan, you got to go check that out. Uh, Mike Puma, the New York post 
Mets beat writer was on with us on the previous episode. So anything you need to know about the Mets, you got to listen to that for your, uh, for your season prep day. You could listen. Well, you have the one o'clock games on, on Thursday. Then uh, you turn the volume off and listen to that episode. They'll get you through uh, as you prepare for the Met first pitch at, at, at four ten. Uh, no rain delay because it's a, it's a, it's a retractable dome down there in Miami. So no rain delay. Um, we talk about the angels and we've led ourselves here talking about Otani into sort of previewing how we think the season might go. So why don't we just stay right there and do the Western divisions first dog? Why don't we talk about the AL West? It, it's a little unconventional, you know, most of our fans probably are more interested in the AL East than the NL East, but tough shit. Uh, we're doing it this way because we love you. How about that? <laughs> always thinking about them. Always thinking about them. There we Yeah, go. yeah. We're always we're, we're always setting up our audience for success uh, <laughs> by hitting them with bricks, essentially. Yeah. We assault them. <laughs> yeah, assaulting the audience. So we, we got, I'm sorry, we got NL West going. I'm trying to. Trying to keep up here as usual. Uh, let's do the AOS. Let's do the AOS. Okay, All right. So let's see. Angel, Angels, Astros, Athletics, Mariners, and the Rangers. And Rangers. I think we. I'm trying to remember my picks. I can't remember. So, um, for that, yeah. I mean, you have the you know the sort of questions coming in, right? Rangers with the Grom coming in there. Do they do they take that jump that uh, that they're looking to, to hopefully do? With with adding a town like that, they've been continuing to add big free names last, uh, big free agent names last couple of years. Did they finally get pushed uh, pushed over the top on there? Uh, Mariners, the the young up and coming team that really was uh, driving hard in the second half on there. So again, looking solid there. Athletics, happy to be there. Um, Trevor May, seven million. I think the second highest paid player on the team. Um, good luck, <laughs> good luck, Oakland. <laughs> uh, Altuve, Altuve is injured, kind of bringing the Astros maybe back down to to reality a little bit. I think that was uh, that was one that you know they're coming in looking at, looking to be the strongest, and then obviously the Angels sitting right up top. So I mean, if you're the Angels right now with with Altuve coming out, you got to feel pretty good. Um, but that does seem kind of interesting. I think that that division is really kind of tightened up, and uh, it should be pretty uh, should be fairly nip, nip and tuck. So we did our over. We did, this is like the extension of our over unders episode, I I, I think. So yeah. I'm saying that the Altuve injury does cost the Astros a little bit of real estate because he kind of is the straw that stirs the drink over there. And then yeah. he's not going to be back till June. And even when he does come back, you know, you have an expectation that he's going to be Altuve, but you don't really know, right? So yeah. there's there, there's definitely like a big if thrown in there. And the other thing is. They have all this young, great pitching, but they don't have Verlander anymore. And I know they managed to get through and, you know, when he's missed uh, literally years of seasons here. But, it, it, you know, at some point, there's a cumulative effect that and and you're going to pay the price. And, uh, you know, 106 wins, they could still be an 86 win team and and lose 20 wins off of what they had last season. I mean, and still be a really good team and still be in contention for a wild card. But I, I think the door has opened here for for the Mariners, for one, but also for the Angels. And and I think the fact that you have Texas in there uh, potentially pushing the mix, um, that creates a little astral regression. That, that helps the astral regression because even though they're not playing them 19 times a year or whatever, 
18 times a year. You're still playing them 12, 13 times. And those teams will have more chances to kind of get at the Astros and cut into it directly. So it's hard not to take the Astros to make the playoffs. And it's hard to say Seattle, the Angels, and Texas all would make it because then you throw the Astros fourth and, and you're giving all the wild cards out right in one division. Um, but I I think they get got this year. And I'm going to say I want to take the Angels. I really do. But Seattle does make a lot more sense when you when you just kind of take a little bit of the emotion out of it and the attachment. Um, yep. Seattle makes a lot more sense. Seattle could make up that gap uh, and they don't need to make up that much. They still won 90 games last season. So if they can get to 96, that's not a huge jump. And if the Astros come back to the pack a little bit, that's that's their, them there for the taking. I think the interesting race then becomes, will the Angels and or Texas be able to take over Houston for uh, overtake Houston for second place in the division and grab a wild card. And I think that's possible. Um, I, I think the angels are going to be going all out from, from day one, even last year with the, with the horrible, horrendous season that they, that they had, it was, it was a season where they finished 16 games under 500. Most of that was just in one losing streak, the losing streak in which Joe Madden uh, lost his job. So, not that you could take a 14-game losing streak out of the way, but so many fluke things happen. Again, we'll tell you to do this. We told you before. Go back, listen to the episode where I, where I had on Ray Montgomery with us. He explained everything that happened during that. It was like a confluence of just it, it, it's it you know it's like a hundred-year flood, right? Like it's 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 not it's unlikely to happen again, especially with Trout and Otani having been in the lineup the whole time. So. They've done a lot to, to to strengthen their position. So my big prediction is that the Angels do beat out Houston for second, and Texas gets to 500, uh, and and maybe pushes the Astros a little bit for uh, for for third place there. And and Oakland, you know, I, I'm not expecting any miracles there. So I, I you know I think they're. They just traded Christian Pache today to the Phillies. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, you need some <laughs> guys. You need some guys to play, especially a young guy who could field the ball and maybe keep your pitchers from going completely insane. You know, anyway. Yeah. The, uh, I, I do agree with you. I, I think Seattle's the one to, to kind of take it. Uh, I do agree with that. I think they've, you know, they're the way they finished the year was very, very strong and, you know, definitely a team up on the rise. Um, I actually think Texas is going to beat out the Angels. On that, and part of my reasoning is that if you look look at the run differential, which is one of your faves on there, Texas is actually slightly better than the Angels on that. And their big letdown was the pitching was awful. Right now, you've added Jacob Degrom. Now we'll see. Knockwood if he stays healthy and whatnot. But you know they have the second best offense in the division um, behind the Houston. Again, Houston, you know, probably down a little bit with Altuve out. So arguably the best run producing offense in the, in the uh, division. And you have a bona fide Cy Young candidate leading the top of that rotation, which should improve uh, not only his starts, but kind of freshening up some of the uh, bullpen for the rest of the time as well. So that could be a huge, uh, huge, huge lift on there for those guys. Instead of being a minus 36, you know, 
all of a sudden look, look maybe you're more like a plus 36 on uh, on there. So uh, I think uh, I think they're actually the one to uh, to watch. That's a good call too. They were 30 and 57 versus teams above 500 as well. And pitching can be the one thing that that can really reduce that uh you know that stat dramatically, right? Like I mean that's 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 how you take that down and reverse it. It's a good job by the dog there. Uh picks picking Texas as as a big a, a big big rise candidate. I, I'm high on them too. I, I just think it's it is quite a lot to expect. And I feel like the Angels are a better slingshot candidate because they're just a little bit closer and a little more deep. But you know what? I mean, Texas has the guy, you know, they built it sort of up the middle and that's a pretty good way to build it. You know, to then when you get with the pitching, you have the offense, their defense is probably a little bit suspect, but you know, I, you never know what you're going to get from, from team to team here. All right. So we both have Seattle winning it. That's pretty good. Let's go to the West in the NL. The Padres are the big jump candidate. They they were second place in the division last season with 89 wins to 111 for the Dodgers. And After I still, taking like the first half off. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I still I don't the Dodgers run difference differential was plus 334, which is insane. I don't know how they were that good last year. Like I kept looking at it. I looked at the roster. I'm like, it I mean, it's really good, but it doesn't look like 111 good. And their expected win loss was 116 and 46. So theoretically, they underperformed. They no. just didn't give up runs. I know. I mean, I mean 513, that, that's just sick. It's sick. There's nothing will no word for it. Yeah. And and they just they they didn't even seem fully, fully healthy the whole year, but it's like whoever they plugged in was was just great. So if you're figuring that despite all the losses and, you know, no Walker Bueller that they could keep doing that, then their run scored, which is, was also absurd at 847. Um, at, they were the only team that topped 800, right? In the National League, they were for sure. The Yankees got to 807. Yankees, yeah. yeah. But other than that, it like, wasn't close. Um, it, it, you, you know, you're taking away Trey Turner. You know, you first you took away Corey Seager. Now you're taking away Trey Turner. Then you have Gavin Lux to play short. He's gone for the year. You know, now you're 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 piecing guys around. You let Bellinger walk. Well, he wasn't giving you the MVP bat, but he still gave you top flight defense in center field. Now it's Trace Thompson that's there. Well, Trace Thompson has so far been best known in his career for being Clay Thompson's brother or Michael Thompson's son. And those and those guys are NBA guys, They're not not baseball players. So um, so you sort of you sort of have that. He's now your new center fielder like and and he's been, you know, basically a journeyman. Now, granted, he looked great last year. Um, but you're 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 filling holes up the middle now. Uh, you know, what's Max Muncy doing? I mean, you still got Will Smith behind the plate. You still got Urias and, and, you know, Gonsolin's going to start the season on the DL Dustin Mays back. I mean, there are a lot of questions with the Dodgers, but even with those questions, it's like, they were so good last year. If they, if they win 20 less games, they still win 91. Are they going to, are they going to be 20 less wins than last year? I mean, does it fall apart? That quickly, I don't know. I mean, 
the Giants won 107 games two years ago, and they were 81 and 81 last year. And it you could see it kind of coming because the 107 really was, it wasn't quite smoke and mirrors, but it kind of was a little bit of smoke and mirrors, right? Yeah, it was, it was a little fluky, right? That, that is sort of the difference, right? The, the Dodgers are just, you know, consistent execution constantly. And, you know, it's it's kind of like, I mean, again, it's best, best offense and the best and the best defense, you know, or you know, just you know, highest run scored and highest and lowest runs against. I mean, again, it, it it all has to come apart on that. And you know, I I just I don't see it. I don't see it for it. I mean, I think it'll be I think it'll be tough. The Potters definitely going to come on stuff, but I think I think the Dodgers just you know, they're still the king. Go for the king. You got to take him out. We'll see. Yeah, I but listen, the Padres have fortified it with with pitching and shortstops. That's yep. their that's their formula. They went out and they they had shortstops and they went out and they just got more and more shortstops. And <laughs> how these guys play around the diamond is going to be the determining factor. And as you know, most major leaguers that are right-handed throwers and a lot of uh, and a lot that were lefties were the shortstops on their high school team, right? Yep. Yep. You know, they were playing shortstop. They, you know, they might have played some center field too, but a lot of them were playing shortstop if they were the yeah. best if they were the best They're player. Best player, right? Yeah. And then the bigger guys that played shortstop move over to third base. And the guys who were the third basemen that were that were sluggers in high school move over to first base, right? And you know, the kids that were center fielders were center fielders because there was a shortstop who was maybe just a little bit better than them. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it, it like, how is the shortstop experiment going to work out? Theoretically you'd figure it would work out well, but in year one, is it going to work out that well? Like I don't, it's, it's always a challenge when you guys move in and, and you know, it's uh, no, I don't, I don't think it is guaranteed. Uh, with that and, and i think it's always i think it's always a bit of a challenge and like you know you get two guys going for the ball both just being short sauce both just getting the ball all the time and i don't know i think that's i think that's a i think that's a challenge so do we have a candidate to do what the giants did a few years ago which is win 107 games and literally they came out of nowhere i mean nobody picked them to even win the division they didn't even pick them to be close in the division and they won 107 games and the and the Dodgers won 106. So is there a team anywhere that has that type of capability this year? Is it the Giants again? Like well, like within the division or No, I'm saying w- within all of baseball, I don't I don't necessarily think there's one except maybe the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks if you look at what's going on down there, they have a lot of pieces, a lot, and they're coming fast. Now, this could be one of those deals where, you know, it takes a while to develop. It could also be one of those where they're they're a fast team. They have some real good pitching, especially on the front line. They have a ton of prospects that they could use if they're in contention and they want to say, you know what, let's fortify this thing. Let's take a shot at it right now. 
and they have the first year of the new rules. To me, that's a key. The first year of the new rules is the, is the time when if you figure if you start figuring it out from the beginning, you can beat teams that haven't caught on yet. And I think speed and putting the ball in play and 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 playing a bit of small ball combined with the pitching, I think you have a chance to stun some teams. Now, what I would really probably like to do or to have done before I kind of just made that statement was <laughs> see what the Diamondback schedule is for like the first month of the season. And if they're playing, you know, the A's and the Rockies and the Reds and the Pirates and the Nationals, you know, maybe they maybe they run out to to a, a, a 20 and six start and and they see if they could front run it. Um, so I do I think no, I don't think that the Diamondbacks are gonna win the division. But if there was a a a, a quote unquote a, a team that could just freak like the Giants did a few years ago, I think it might be Arizona. You're obviously doing that as a shout out to super fan of the of the show. <laughs> Boomer Hilbert reporting from Arizona. Um yeah, you know, I that's a great call on the on the change in the in rules and the and the stealing. And uh, I do think that's starting to slowly sneak its way back in. Um, I think that you're even starting to see that a little bit last year um, with some of the teams. And I do think that's uh, that is potential that these guys continue to continue to kind of rock with that. Um, and I could see that, you know, great, you know, great defense keeps you kind of keep you in games, you know, a little bit, maybe a reminds you a little bit of the Royals, maybe like 15 or so kind of keep you around and so forth and, uh, and find a way to, you know, scratch it out and stuff. Um, that is interesting, and that's very counter to kind of the rest of the teams in that division, where it's sort of set to to pound you. And these guys are very different, and and will be a tough one to match up against every time you come in, because it's just going to be a completely different challenge for you. I mean, you know, how about how many pitchers are even like you know, like keeping guys on and stuff like that, or I can only throw over twice. Like you know, they haven't even had to worry about it really for for most of their careers. Right. And now all of a sudden you got this and oh, I can't throw over and I got I got to worry about the pitch clock. Like, yeah, a lot going on in your head as a pitcher this year. Um, so that's a great shout out that, you know, putting the additional pressure on speed and everything and, you know, speed and puts the pressure on defenses, too, which people have generally ignored as well. Right. So that's that is a really compelling one. And that, the other uh, thing, dog, too, is like I, I, on top of that. Right. You have. Last season for the first time since they've started keeping these stats it's the first time ever that more curveballs were thrown than fastballs right and maury wills once told harold reynolds that the reason why a pitcher throws you a curveball on three two is because they know that you're not going to run that there's no running game involved as we uh mm-hmm. keep doing our quick hits uh episode <laughs> five hours later dog's four gonna divisions, four dog, divisions to go dog, dog's gonna dog's gonna be it off his headset and walking onto the plane tomorrow morning um dog, dog, dog's got flight. <laughs> yeah. so so on three two they throw your curveballs because they know that you're not going to run right and now, if you if they're if running is involved, they throw you fastballs because they want you to earn your way on base. Well, what does a young team like to see more than fastballs on three two, right? Or or any of these other counts. If you're gonna run more, right, 
that's going to mean more fastballs. More fastballs to a young team is is the oasis in the middle of the Major League Baseball desert, right? Where you have such great pitching all the time. Now you're going to see you're going to see more fastballs if you're a team that can run. Well, they yeah. can run. They can run from like one through nine in their lineup pretty much. And some of even their a, guys, even, are, a, even a sliders, right? Sliders even as well, probably uh, probably down, right? Because when you're trying to throw, you got those crazy sliders that are snapping down on there. That's yeah. a lot harder for a catcher to go up and get that that throw off. And you have less time to to make the sign. You have less time to think about it, right? And when in doubt, if all these guys really throw, you know, ninety nine. When you're in doubt, you're going to throw that, right? Like you're not going to sit there and be like, oh, I have two seconds left on the pitch clock. Well, I I, I got to get into my windup. What am I going to throw? You're going to wind up and you're going to throw a fucking fastballs. What you going to do? Okay, <laughs> like you're not going to you're not going to rush this? your windup. How about this one? <laughs> yeah, give him the heater. You know, like that's what you're going to do. So. That adds the strategy two inches more on the lead, right? Because the bases are, are, are four inches bigger. Uh, so it's, you get two inches more on the lead and, or is it, I guess you get four inches more. No, you get two, four, whatever. I thought it was like two an inch and a half. So it's like three inches or something like that. Yeah. I, I think, no, I had it. So you get two inches more on the lead. You get two inches closer. So it's like four, it's like a four inch difference, I think. So, okay. or, or whatever. Either way, how many of these plays are like a four-inch play? It's a game of inches. Well, now those inches are are, are, are going to be in your favor more. Two throws over to first base. What are you gonna What are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna take an extra stride on your lead or a half stride on your lead, and you're gonna lean back toward the back because you want to force the pitcher to throw over there. And once he throws over twice, you're gonna take an even bigger lead, like Rod Carew in the '79 All Star Game off a of third base. You're gonna go three quarters of the way down, and if they throw over, you're just gonna walk the extra six steps to second base, and now you got a runner in scoring position. So what are you gonna throw the batter? Fastballs, <laughs> right? So. That's going to potentially help a younger a younger team. Now, if the Diamondbacks end up seventy four and eighty eight again, then uh, you did just don't go back and listen to this episode. But if they, <laughs> if they freak and somehow you know find themselves in in contention when nobody's expecting, I think that will be the reason why. How's that? Like, oh, sorry, we, we were projecting for the two thousand three. <laughs> not the 2023. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was uh, not we went too, went too far. Went too far back. In the time that was not specified. That was not specified. Pet, pet finger. Pet finger. Pet yeah. finger. <laughs> so, in the end, uh, dogs picking the Dodgers to hold on to their crown. I am gonna. I'm gonna say the Padres do get the necessary victories, and the Dodgers have enough regression. Um, I, I'm gonna say that the Padres do it without winning a hundred, though. I'm going to give them 99 wins and, and a big second half as they, as they figure out, as all the shortstops figure out how to play positions. And eventually when they gel, it's going to be really pretty. Uh, plus their, you know, their, their rotation when, when you could start Blake Snell on opening day and, you know, like you haven't even talked about Joe, Joe Musgrove and you Darvish. That's, that's pretty good. And their bullpen's always good. So I like San Diego to catch up to the Dodgers. Um, I think I, I, dog doesn't. I can't. I can't see the Dodgers falling off that much. I mean, unless I could see them getting to ninety-one wins, but ninety-one wins might still make you the playoffs. It would have last year, so I'll keep the Dodgers in there. I'll say the Diamondbacks get to like eighty-nine, 
and the Giants stay probably right about 500, and the Rockies are are just climbing up the mountain. Less. Yeah. Let's do the Central. Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, Reds, Pirates. This should be a quick one. Um, take them with the cards. A dog's going to take the Cardinals because he always does. A lot of shakeup there, though, too. But they do have the Supermen at the, at the corners. They have Wainwright. You know, they, they, they got Wilson Contreras from the Cubs. So that's a big shift, you know, with Yadier Molina not being there. It's like they have, you know, these the, the Cardinals have catchers the way the Steelers have uh, coaches, it seems like, right? They just, it's just one a generation. That's it. Like he just catches for like 20 more years there. Um, so it's going to be hard to not pick the Cardinals here, but to make it interesting, dog, uh, and you know this, and we've talked about this. We've so I'm, now, I'm now feeling bad because the Cardinals like your guys. If you're not going to pick them, I feel like I'm sort of like. No, I am. I, am. I, sort, of, so I sort of stole your girl. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, come on. It's what are you going to do? Like, even if we made all the same picks, it's 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 uh, it, that's fine. We're not going to be right anyway. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Um, I mean, we might be right with these. We definitely will not be right with the playoffs. <laughs> Basically, the way that your NCAA bracket looked, like you meaning any <laughs> listener out there or viewer, that's how Dog and I uh, look every year when we're picking the MLB. We try so bracket. hard. <laughs> yeah, we try super hard, and we just—it's terrible. Like all I. By the way, my NCAA men's bracket, I did not have one team reach the final eight. Not one. Not no, that, zero. That, that wasn't unusual this year. Yeah. The so, last. Right. But I did have Florida Atlantic going to the. Sweet 16 and when uh, I just didn't have him in the eight, but I had him in the sweet 16. So that was pretty good. That's pretty sweet. I was it. it. Um, (laughs) Anyway. I like the way the Cubs put together their team. They went with a lot of defense. They also have some speed. They're pitching. They don't have the top heavy guys, but they have like all number threes kind of. So that's going to, you know, when they go up against the aces, if they can start stealing a game here or a game there, they have a chance to be above 500. And if you're above 500 in that division, like you might have a chance. Sometimes the Cardinals don't decide to run away with it. You know, sometimes the Cardinals only win that division with like 87 wins. So I could see a scenario where the, the Cubs just, you know, win all these two, one, three, two, four, three games with their, with their defense and, and some of their speed. And again, they, they, to me, they're going to have to play it the way Arizona's playing it, keep themselves in games with pitching, see if they could get a little bit of bullpen out of there. And, you know, I mean, Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner up the middle. I mean, Nico Horner was like a gold glove level shortstop last year. Now he's moving to second base and they just extended him today. I think, um, Cody Bellinger, like if the guy hits anything, he's still probably in you know a top five defensive center fielder in the league. So if he hits, it's it's all just a bonus. Suzuki's gotta come back from that first year that he had, and I know he's got a, an oblique at the moment. I, I think he's going to be good. I I feel like a lot of these Japanese players right now have a lot of good momentum, even though he was not there at the World Baseball Classic, but they were holding up his his jersey. Um, they wanted him to be there. I think that that good feeling stuff carries over. 
you know, Ian Happ's a very solid player as well in left field. Like they have a lot of tools there. Um, so my sort of prediction for this division is the Cardinals will win it, but the Cubs will will push them. Uh, they'll exceed Milwaukee for second. Uh, the Reds, I think, and the Pirates are going to be a little bit better than they've been. I uh, 62 and 100 for them last season. I think we're going to see a little improvement there. I, I, I think they, I think they close the pack a little bit here, um, at both probably by about the same margin. Like I see them being seventy-win teams this year instead of sixty-two-type win teams. Um, that's the central for me. Uh, what about the AL Central, dog? Click, 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 click. Ah. <sighs> Is it as cut? Can, I, can, I, can I say I don't really care about this division? <laughs> I'll be honest, I will be honest. This division bores me. <laughs> what about uh, Andres Jimenez getting a nice uh, seven-year extension right there? That, Twenty uh, that million at the end. Good uh, and probably really great value for uh, for Cleveland. So uh, good, uh, good job by the Guardian. Actually, I guess they, we do have the Guardians. Like I said, do a shout out. So I work guard. I work for a uh, Guardian. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Little brotherhood there, um, yeah. I mean, again, I th- I think it's it's kind of Cleveland and sort of everybody else within within this division. Um, you know, Kansas City uh, trying to improve. I don't know if they've gone gone up all that much. Detroit has been disappointing. Minnesota has been disappointing, and the White Sox. No more uh, La Russa. Yeah. Uh, again, right? I, I don't know. I'm not sure what. Get you fired up that they're going to get that much better, you know. Cleveland, I think, you know, between Rosario and, and him is, you know, that's that's pretty solid. Um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of Cleveland, and everyone else is just slopped around uh, five hundred or less. So yeah, be, I, and, and honestly, be beating up even more, right? Like they sort of got to hide against each other. Now it's more balanced schedule. This division's probably going to get hammered even harder. You're probably like you're probably one team over five hundred uh, if you're lucky. Well, actually, they'll be an over 500 team, but um, even that is, I don't know if we'll even have a 90 win team in the, in that division this year. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there's your one that you could, uh, you could reason, you know, the, the, the guardians could win like 86 games and, and win this division win easy, by, yeah. <laughs> by five. Right. I mean, yep. so that's what you had even last year when they were there beat, you know, they had a chance to beat each other up. <laughs> they were, you know, the white Sox were 81 and 81. The guardians were 92 and 70. And then you're down to the twins at 78 and 84. Now, the interesting thing that you didn't do here was you didn't rate the twins as a potential jump candidate because of their numbers. So they were plus 12 run difference, which equated to an expected win loss of 82 and 80. And they were 74 and 78 and 84. They've added pitching. They bring back Correa, who's now set there. Um, and they add a few other pieces. So they're, they're going to be my move candidate. Um, I I see them. I I see them in a battle with Cleveland, and I I think one of them gets to like eighty six wins, and the other gets to like eighty five, and throw them, you know throw it up in the air. I think they go right down okay. to the end. Um, the Tigers. Here's a here's a great stat for you. Just look it on here real quick for uh, the AL Central last year. So 
against over 500 teams. Cleveland was 34 and 34, and that's the best. And that really says it all for that division. Wow. They suck. <laughs> they're about to say they're going to have a lot of over 500 teams going to come strolling into that division or playing those guys this year. <laughs> a good call uh, in Minnesota, though. Correa coming in actually is a big, is, is a big, uh, is a big boost. For them. Well, he's, he's full time now. Like last yeah. year, he just felt like a part timer there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. but they liked him and and I think he you know like listen he had to at some point he had to just put you know ink on a contract that would dry before somebody could pull it away from him as I as put, I said, put his foot down while he still can <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> rough one that's a that's a stretch oh like a five hour pregame stretch before every game um he'll have your back um. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of Carlos Correa love there. Uh, <laughs> coming from the Yankee fan, it's it's expected. Coming from the Met fan, wow! You, wow the fuck tried. are you talking about, Healy? <laughs> you, yeah, you got out, you got off easy. It did you a favor. Um, so yeah, they're they're a good they're a good gem candidate. They could definitely make up that gap. The the Tigers disappoint me. Um, I, I felt that they were going to come on here like a couple of years ago, but they do not have it together. The Royals are much closer to having it together. So they'll be my other jump candidate. I, I think the Tigers at 66 and 96, I, I think they lose a hundred. I think they actually go. I think they actually regress a little bit. I, I just, I don't, I, it just hasn't been working out for them. Um, yeah, that's a good call. AL East. You want to do a, we'll do AL East sure. and we'll finish with the NL. Sure. Um, you know, the, the, the chic thing now is just to pick the Blue Jays and, you know, you see the Yankees injuries and and all the pitching. Um, they still won this game by won this division by seven games last season. And that was over Toronto and Tampa got the wild card with 86 wins. Uh, Baltimore clocked in at 83 and then the Red Sox were 78 and 84. The over-unders, the Red Sox over-under is like 77 and a half, and the Orioles went down to like 76 and a half. I don't, I don't, uh, that's a red flag to me. Like, I feel like the Orioles are ready to pass the race. Like, I, I, I thought maybe they even had a chance to, to get them last year. I mean, the Rays just collapsed right at the end. I mean, they, they still made it, but they lost like the last five games of the season. They were two and eight in their, in their like in the last couple of weeks in the season. And I thought they were just going to blow it and, and, and blow a tire and just get right out of there. Um, you know, the Rays were really good at home last year. They were 51 and 30. They were 35 and 46 on the road. I, I think that makes them a, a, a regression candidate. Um, and the Orioles with, with their young guys and still, if they're in the mix, they're more likely to go out and trade from that deep, deep farm system in order to get a piece or two to to improve this season as opposed to last season when they traded their closer because they had a better closer behind them anyway. Oh, who was my first round pick in fantasy this year, by the way? <laughs> Protect 10. <laughs> Protect 10. I didn't take him in the first round. Don't worry about it. Um, so I, I, it is a little bit of a red flag to me that the Orioles over under is, is 76 and a half. But like... And I know a lot of people are picking them to move up, but I see them moving up. As for the Jays, it just seems like it's always there for them. And the Yankees just parry them out. Like they just, 
they let them get close, but they still figure out a way to do it in the end. Um, they're going to have to front run to beat the Yankees this year. They're going to have to get way out ahead of them because I see the Yankees. If the Yankees can figure out, figure it out in the first half of the season, they're definitely going to win the division. Yeah, I agree. They're going to have to find themselves 12, 14 out by the all-star break to, to, to not be in real contention for this division down the stretch. Cause they're going to, they're going to be, I think they're going to be lights out in the second half when they, when they got things figured out and they get more healthy, but even last year they had, they had a lot of smoke and mirrors in the beginning of the season. And then they got so many injuries that they just couldn't overcome it. And they still ended up with 99 wins. So I I am uh, last year. I I picked the Red Sox to win the division. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Yanks to, to hold off the division this year. I, I think Toronto very good, but I, I don't, I, I, you know, I, I just still too many questions for the whole year of why all this talent never seems to really come all the way together. Um, and they could prove me wrong here, but, um, I, I think the Yankees just, just find a way to be a game better than they, I think Baltimore jumps into third very competitively with with Tampa and you know the Red Sox will have a couple of runs but they're only like an injury or two away from it all kind of collapsing and they don't have Bogarts anymore so who the hell knows what how they're how that's going to affect the team you can't take Xander Bogarts out of the middle of the Red Sox lineup and not expect that they're going to be a better team even with all the other additions and Chris Sale coming back so Yankees Toronto Baltimore Tampa and then you know Boston a few games uh, on the on the trail. That's what I got for the AL East. Cool. All right. Uh, I'll mix it up a little bit since uh, I've always been sort of swiping swiping yours and there. I'll say this is the year Toronto puts it uh, puts it together and and gets uh, and gets past the Yanks. Um, again, hi- highlighting similar sorts. Of I think just the injuries with the Yanks are uh, puts them in a tough spot uh, with the starting rotation wise. Um, and I think Toronto has added enough pieces at this point that they can kind of put it uh, put it together just enough and uh, and get them going. I will say, I think for the division as a whole, I'll do a shout out. To, I think the whole division's over 500, the balanced schedule on there. So I think Boston gets a little bit better and a bunch of teams duking it out, kind of mid 80s to low 90s. And really two through five will be up in the air um, into September. So I think it'll be, uh, and even that, even even one. I think I think you know, like I don't think Toronto runs away with it, but I think they'll. I'll, I'll take them to be slightly better than that, slightly better than the Yankees. Um, again, due to the Yankees kind of getting off to a little bit of a slower start um, for uh, for them. And who would I pick? I think I kind of I kind of digging the. I'm kind of digging the mojo with you on the um, Baltimore coming up as well. So I could kind of see them being so like number three. So maybe I would go Toronto Yankees. Baltimore and then Boston, Tampa Bay right there. Yeah, I I, I I definitely think that there's there's a, there's a chance after the Yankees in Toronto that the Orioles and the Rays could be in contention with the West teams for wild cards. Like that 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 you yeah. know where behind like the Astros, Mariners, Angels, Texas, 
Like I, I, I think we could see a, yeah, just, a, a just everyone, everyone's, everyone's like line eighty six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's or, gonna or, be it's gonna or, get on until like the last weekend. Yeah, like or with a shot at eighty six, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I should say it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, AL uh, is a wrap now. So the last division we have, and that'll wrap up the NL, which is the NL East. Uh, I I feel like the Phillies are being underrated, dog. I I, I don't know, man. Like. I know the fucking Mets and the Braves are damn good. And I know the Mets lost Edward Diaz, but they, they still have so many weapons and they still have the ability to go out. And if they don't like what's going on in their bullpen, they could go, they could go make a trade. And, and it's a lot easier to catch lightning in a bottle with, with some type of reliever. We've also seen teams make different kind of deals the past couple of years for relievers. Like the way the Braves got Rosal Iglesias last year, like nobody was expecting that because he had just signed, you know, a decent deal with the angels, but like they got him. And what were they thinking? Well, he can set up Kenley Jansen and then Kenley Jansen's going to walk. And now we have a closer. So he's their closer this year. Um, so I, I think the Mets will have plenty of time to figure that out. I I don't worry the Met about the Mets so much in the regular season as I do in the playoffs because once you get to the playoffs, you have two 40-something-year-old starters that are at the front of your rotation. And whereas they definitely like know how to win and and get it done, there's you know, Father Time remains undefeated. Uh this might not be the year, but uh, that 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 Father Time wins, but you never know, right? And and Scherzer especially has has gone late into these seasons and not been himself. But for the regular season, uh, it 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 again to me looks like a three team race. I am going to push the Phillies ahead, and I know that has not been a popular pick, and I'm surprised that it hasn't been. I think people are overrating a little too much the fact that Bryce Harper is not going to play until July. Well. When Bryce Harper comes back, he's going to be able to play the outfield. That's a big difference than last year where he was locked in at DH and you had Schwarber and left. And now Reese Hoskins got, got hurt and he's out for the year. It's a, it's an offensive team that loses a stick. Whoever they put in at first base is going to be a huge upgrade defensively there. And they're going to need that because Trey Turner is a solid defensive shortstop, but he's not outstanding. So they're going to improve their defense, but Turner improves their offense with without the other guys even being in there. So you're you're more you're you're at it's at least a wash at least. And but I think their offense is better. It's harder to play against. It's a little bit deeper. They still have Alec Baum. They still have uh, Real Muto. Right. They still have. They're fucking loaded. That team. The, the Marsh is going to be in center for the for the whole year. He's still a young player. He's twenty three, uh, no twenty four, I think this year, uh, and and can play defensively. So they've improved themselves actually defensively. When Harper comes back, the team is going to be a holy terror. Another team where if they're within five six games at the All Star break, you know the day Harper comes back. And, you know, he's inserted into the outfield and Schwarber could move around. Maybe Schwarber even ends up at first base or more time at DH. And, and he's actually even improving in the outfield. He's not like a disaster the way he used to be. He's like not what you want out there, but he's more serviceable. So I I I I think they put it together. I like the additions that they made, especially in the bullpen, Soto, 
you know, you look at all the guys that they have out there. Nobody's a superstar, but you don't need a superstar closer necessarily to win. You just need a guy who who gets hot. You know, one guy a month gets hot, closes you out games. Another guy, you know, helps you through the sixth inning when you need it, whatever it is. Um, and and I just like the way that their teams put together. I, you know, you know, I like Taiwan Walker. You've heard me talking about him. I know he's a guy that you've liked as well. Um, I thought that was a good addition for them as well. So, and, and of course their, their top two are good enough to go with anybody's top two. So I like the Phillies to, to take this division. Uh, I think the Mets battle it right out with them. And so does Atlanta. I'm going to say Phillies, Mets, Atlanta. I think it's, uh, I mean, not a mortal lock, but I can't, I can't see any of these three teams missing the playoffs. Um, I think they all clear 90 wins this year. So that's a little regression possibly of, of the Mets in Atlanta from the 101 wins and a little improvement on the Phillies from 87. I, I see the Phillies at like 97, uh, the Mets at 96, and the Braves at 94, 92, something like that. Uh, Miami maybe a little bit of an improvement off of 69 and 93, and Washington is is still a few years away, but maybe they maybe they lose 99 instead of 107 this year. That's how I see the NLE stock. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say I would I would have made an argument for uh, for my Metsies. Um, I think Diaz uh, injury is enough to to kind of put down in a, in a very tough division. So with the the top big uh, the big three on there, um, again the balance schedule I think will uh, will wind up helping um, kind of all the teams in the in the division, but particularly the the top three on there. Um, I'm here with Spain on Philadelphia. I still think their bullpen is a little bit uh, still a little bit notch behind some of the other guys on there. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Atlanta. I think the I think the pitchers they still have are still uh, still uh, so tough and the lineup again, you know, solid lineup, but just they're solid top to bottom. And I think if the Mets had Diaz, I'd probably put them just ahead. Uh, then Atlanta, I think the Diaz loss is just enough to kind of, kind of knock it down where I think Atlanta stays, uh, stays up on there. Um, probably like it, you know, somewhere between nine, five and a hundred. On, on them. So I, I agree with you though, but probably probably comes back a little bit on that. And that's a little bit of Philadelphia kind of coming on. Um, you know, maybe picking up uh, some more wins against those guys. Then uh, you know, I think the Mets actually did pretty well against against Philadelphia. So maybe it's evens off a little bit uh more this year. Uh and that's kind of coming down. I think that's gonna be interesting. Um I will say that the wrinkle in the Diaz one is it really gives a lot of flexibility for Buck to kind of do whatever he feels like doing when it comes to that bullpen and using guys, different situations and not having necessarily to set, you know, six, seven, eight, nine guys and be able to use guys in the high leverage situation in the seventh inning that you might see a Robertson come in. You might see an Ottavino come in in the seventh because it's a different team this year, right? You're just not locking in the roles. I think quite as much as you would have seen had Diaz still been in the pen and then Russell sort of set behind it. I think it's more uh, matchup versus matchup. So we'll see. So maybe maybe the Bucks flexibility and uh, managing prowess is enough to you know maybe eat up a game or two that uh, that they give away from not having DS close it out in the back half. Um, 
all that being said, I think they are going to come that game or two back and, and that will be just a little bit shy on Atlanta. And uh, I do think uh, Philly's better. I think they're a sort of lower 90s win team. Again, I still think their their bullpen is going to wind up cost them on some of those. Uh, I think you can identify. I think Tymon Walker is probably the key to that team, right? So if he's, if he's really solid and gives them a top three, that really changes the dynamic versus the top two and then a couple other guys. Um, you know, he threw to it like a mid fours ERA, which is fine. And that, that's it. You know, you'll get some decent wins, but that may necessarily take the pressure off the bullpen and stuff for the, uh, for the fourth and fifth starters kind of come along. Right. Whereas if he's more like the time on Walker, like, you know, the three type ERA that really changes the, the Phillies. And I think that puts them ahead of the, uh, the Braves and the, and the Metsies. Um, I think the Quintana loss is a big sneaky loss for, uh, for the Mets as well. That we kind of, that, I think he was going to be a guy who really lengthened that that rotation and kind of gave the Mets, you know, more opportunity to, uh, to skip starts, stretch guys out a little bit, take a little bit easier on Berlander and so forth, um, going through the season. And I think they kind of lose a little bit of that too. So I think that will also uh, also wind up coming back to kind of bite the Mets a little bit. You know, you kind of and, and my, Miami. I always pick Miami to get better with the pitching and stuff, and I think they'll kind of come through and and again Washington uh, and also ran. You know, you kind of made me think about something, too, with the Mets. I think the rules changes uh, favor them, even though they're like I I talked about a speed team or whatever, uh, which I don't think you classify the Mets. They have speed. They have some good base runners in the lineup, but they're not a speed. They're not as fast a team as like Arizona, which is like every guy. Um, But. The all these rules changes to me favor they play they're right in Buck Walter's wheelhouse because it doesn't matter what the what the rules changes are, it matters that he's examining every scenario with regard to the rules changes and how to be prepared on day one to take full advantage of all this stuff. So I think that makes the Mets an exciting team especially because I buck is going to dick around with these, with these rules and the rules changes. And he, these guys are going to have wrinkles day one. What you didn't necessarily have to see it in, in, in spring training games. Okay. On backfields, they are working on this stuff with the Mets. Buck Showalter has always done something in his spring training. He always, every single day, he has the players choose like some obscure rule and they practice it. And it, and it, it happened, I think on the first game last year, right? Like I forget exactly yeah. what it was. It was, it was the appeal play, right? Like where he had somebody take off on, on the appeal play uh, because he couldn't really get caught. Like, or, or instead of if you steal and the, and the pitcher steps off to, to throw, to try to get you, then you, you can't appeal or something. Can't like appeal. That. It was, it was, yeah. Yeah. It was something weird like that. Yeah. And he ended up being safe anyway. Yeah. So it was like a double win. It was like a double That's win. Right. But it's heads up ball, like stuff like that, that 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 Buck is going to do. So if there's an advantage to be had by there being four less inches from uh, base to base, or if there's an advantage to be had defensively by not being able to fully employ the shift a certain way, like let's see if Buck against a, a left-handed pull hitter takes the left fielder and puts them where the second baseman used to play for the shift and plays two outfielders a lot. 
Let's see if that happens, right? Or maybe that's not the wrinkle. Maybe he comes up with with something else. He will. I don't know what it is, dog. I know he's going to come up with it, and I yeah. and I know that that's an inter- that's an interesting one. Actually, like with the, especially with the lefty, like you can throw Kana over there and have Nimmo and Marte as the the two fielders. So a pretty good range out there. Yeah. To uh, to potentially kind of cover it. Interesting. You know, and then and then the shortstop could just play straight away, right? I mean. I know a lot of guys have been hitting balls up the middle more uh, in in this spring because you you keep you keep seeing pitchers getting hit or jumping out of the way of balls. So hitters are starting to hit back up the middle again, except, except for Verlander. <laughs> Get drilled three times. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but think about it, right? Like he's guys are are not trying to you know time his fastball and pull it. They just can try to put it in play, right? Like in, and his, I mean, he doesn't throw quite as hard as he did six years ago, but he still has the movement, right? So he still, he doesn't, yep. he doesn't have to throw it as hard because he could put it any, anywhere he wants. But, uh, I, yeah, I could tell you that I could tell you that the Mets are going to be prepared on day one. And if you're a Met fan that, you know, hopefully can, can help you overcome the loss of, uh, the exciting, uh, the exciting Diaz and the excitement that you get, like we talked about, it's two one in the fifth inning, and you're like Diaz, 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 Diaz. How are we going to get to Diaz? Um, but they'll be ready. Buck is going to come up with 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 something. He he'll, he he will have it on d- game one. He will have it in game one. He will have something for you in game one with these rules. I guarantee it. Should we wrap it up, dog? We got it. We got to give props. Gatto Acupuncture and Wellness in Glenrock, New Jersey. Book online at gattoacu.com, G-A-T-T-O-A-C-U.com, or call 551-212-3845. If you're a pitcher and you've been hit by a comebacker, uh, go talk to Dr. (laughs) Melissa. She will guarantee to heal you up quick. And if you want to get word out about there, about our predictions, and you want to do printing and promotional uh, items to say to talk about diamond diehards or whatever your business is or whatever your event is go to fmsgraphics.com a family run family owned business for the last 50 plus years fmsgraphics.com for all your printing and promotional needs dog i just got back i was on a plane for the first time since 2019 went down to the uh greater orlando area for a little softball with the uh with the Ramapo girls, kind of a fun thing. Got a, got a little burnt on the on the neck, but other than that, mostly unscathed. Got it, got it, repping Ramapo softball nice. there a little bit for like uh, the, green. the girls. Coach White and uh, Coach Durando and Coach Galenius and and the girls over there. Uh, looking forward to another good season and um, working on it with the. Uh, Lou Rizzo. She's not quite had the bat in midseason form, but two two for six with a walk down in uh, Florida. So got a little there action in there. there you but go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, we were starting to talk about this before the show. And I was like, wait, because I got a story for you. And now I can't remember what the hell we were talking about. And I was saving <laughs> it for the damn show. What, what was it? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh boy, oh boy. Oh boy. Dad gummit dogs. Asking about work. It was something about work. Oh yeah, you're right. It was about work. Work work. Yeah, it was about work. Not fun work. work like this. It was work work. 
Yeah, like work, work. Uh, I can't. Oh yeah, I got it. Girl, what a job by dog. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I listen to the pregame. <laughs> so I was off from work for three work days. Okay. Guess how many? <laughs> guess I can I logged on this morning. And I didn't, I didn't, I was checking Slack when I was off, but I wasn't checking emails. So guess how many emails I had waiting for me. And then I'm going to give you a hint. This is how I'm going to help you guess the answer. See if you can guess the right answer. Whatever you think the guess is, I want you to divide it by 10. Wow. And and okay. give me that answer. I was gonna say you, you kind of have to play for the wings on on this one on here. So, um, different biz than me. If I was out for three days, I would likely have about five hundred emails sitting there. So, so Riz has got to take the under on it. I'm gonna go. 25. Oh, that's a great guess. 38. Wow. And I only guessed 25 because you told me to divide by 10. <laughs> right. Well, here's Otherwise, the thing. Otherwise, I was thinking at least 50. But okay. So here's the thing. If you were thinking 500 for you, but then like say 250 and then divide. If you had split the middle, you would have said 375. There we go. Or 37 and a half, which you would have rounded up and you would have gotten 38. Would have drilled it. Yeah, I only had 38 emails waiting for me. Wow. That's a, and, uh, uh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. So I was able to catch right up and just jump right back in, which felt really, really nice. People were respecting the out of office. I like it. Yeah, no, I didn't. I don't even think I put my out of office on the email. <laughs> I mean, it, my, 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 you've Slack, got trained right. <laughs> my Slack has a little, uh, had the little vacation emoji. No, yeah. but I, I, I did, t- I, I did a lot of prep to make sure that, Anybody who needed anything from my group or my side was like, they all knew that I wasn't going to be around and uh, like everything was, was well, well. That's, that's like me with the office phone. I always use that at work. I'm like, if you call me on the office phone, that means you don't know me. <laughs> and I probably don't, I probably don't care what you're saying. <laughs> and actually we got river phone. I literally don't have an office phone anymore. Yeah. You're like, they're like, Oh, we're going to Cisco phone. I'm like, I'm like, you're accepting it. Like, go ahead, take it. <laughs> Take the whole I got, thing away. I, I got to okay. try. I got to try calling my old office number. Actually, I, I think, think I still have it. Like, the, I it's, think it's funny. I get I get pop ups on like voicemail notification. I'm like, yeah, aren't you gone? Aren't you dead? <laughs> Why are you coming back from the dead to get me? Um. So, uh, producer Xavier Rizzo and and uh, Jingle Master Dominic Rizzo had a really fun thing that they used to do which was for at least a year after I left one of my companies, they would call my number and it would still get my voicemail. <laughs> I don't know if it's still working. It might. I don't even remember what my number was. Cause I never, I like never picked why up. Why would you call your own? Yeah. Why would you call your own phone? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Why would you? Um, but yeah, that's uh, 38. That was the number. That's pretty sweet. And that's also I take, I take afternoons off. I get that. <laughs> so thirty-eight dog. That was the amount of emails I had yeah. in three days of missed work. It's also the Nationals over under for wins this year. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have 
I have 719 sitting in my uh, unread emails. Oh, really? No, I've always been obsessed with. They're going to stay there. No unread <laughs> emails. It's rare. I start a year or two. I'll do that for two or three days and then nope. And that's even putting rules like like I just auto like forward slash effectively delete certain people. I'm still down to that. By the way, we didn't mention that Uncle Paul checked in here and he's been in on the oh, uh, on the stuff. chat on the Facebook uh, chat. He uh, he says the monks, just, meaning the Padres, will always be a pain in the butt to the Mets, no matter where they stand. Mets all the way. I will never put a team above the Mets, and Buck will win Manager of the Year. Uh, all things that are hard to dispute. Uh, PJ was asked how uh, asking how Harrison Bader is doing. Schmitty, uh, Brad Schmidt, our pal, likes also the Diamondbacks. That was during the uh, their our Diamondback segment. He thinks that the Diamondbacks are another, uh, another Arizona guy, a jump candidate here down in Tucson. Yeah, right, I guess I can pull so, right. I think we did it. We got all we got all the ads in. We got uh, we got all the divisions in. We prepped you for for day one. Hour forty quick hit. Yeah, yeah, quick hit. <laughs> right on line. Right in line. Ninety nine minutes. Uh, Ninety nine wins for the Yankees. That's, uh, oh, that's what we're doing. Uh, yeah. Well, we're not going to do the awards. We're just going to finish. <laughs> that's it. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm literally getting up in less than eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, back jet. I got an eight before this. <laughs> All right, dog. Happy opening day. Happy yeah. opening day. Baseball's uh, back, baby. It is back, and we are here with you to uh, to bring it yeah, all you, to you. We need Fry got to calm down a little bit. Baseball's going to be okay. I know he's pissed off about the rule changes and stuff, and I don't like yeah, the pitch, can... I don't like the pitch clock either, but I do like the faster game. So, all but anyway, we're going to be it's going to be good here. Yeah. And we'll, we'll be enjoying it. it. So once again, follow the show, no matter where you are, if you've gotten this far and you haven't hit subscribe, then definitely now is the time to do it. If you haven't checked out our Facebook group, you want to do that. Facebook.com slash group slash diamond diehards. And of course on Twitter, you can follow the dog at Jeff Healy eight. That's the numeral eight and me, Joe Rizzo at diamond diehards on Twitter and everywhere else. Let's build those Twitter followings, people. It does help us grow the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, anywhere you find your podcasts, you can pretty much find us. We're even on LinkedIn if you want to do some business with us, like Big Ed's Car Wash and Gatto Acupuncture and the Mescola Group Realtors and fmsgraphics.com. So contact us any way you see fit. We're responsive to all. And you're getting us. You're not getting somebody else so there's that that is going to do it for quick hits as we get you ready <laughs> not only for opening day but also for the entire season in one shot who does this we do this that's what makes us a little bit different we thank you for your patronage and if you have stayed with us here online on the live stream then uh yes go back and and check it out later again to see the parts that you might have missed on uh, either on YouTube or on uh, on the audio stuff. That is going to wrap it up as we commence the 2023 Major League Baseball season. For the dog, Jeff Healy, this is Joe Rizzo. Diamond Diehards is out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.